Got 20 minutes? Then you have time for a Bible study. Jesus, name above all names, I worship you. Jesus, you're worthy to be praised, I worship you. Welcome to another episode of 20-Minute Bible Studies. Romans 10:17 says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Over the next several minutes, you're going to hear an important message directly from God's Word and have your faith and knowledge increased. All you have to do is listen. Now, here are your teachers. Hi, everybody. I'm Jordan Pine. And I'm Andy Balog. Let's get started. Romans 8.28 says, We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. This is a great promise that tells us a lot about God's timing to give us victory. Let's listen now to the Word of God. A reading from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Galatians. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. That was Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 to 9. Before attempting to interpret scripture, we like to use the SPACE method. SPACE is just an acronym that we created to remind Bible students to consider the following. Who the speaker is, SP, the audience, the letter A, and the context, the letter C, before attempting an explanation, the letter E. Together, that spells SPACE. So right now we're going to use the space method on today's scripture reading. Okay, so starting with the speaker, it's the Apostle Paul. Uh, We see that in chapter 1 of this letter where Paul reveals, quote, The gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's verses 11 and 12. So Paul received a special gospel, which he calls my gospel in his letters. And this gospel is the epinosis, which is a fancy Greek word that just means higher knowledge about the kingdom of heaven. Okay, great. So now to the audience. We see here that the audience are the Gentiles, and they're from multiple churches throughout the region of Galatia. Now, this is the only one of Paul's letters that were addressed to churches in multiple cities, ironically. And those churches were at Antioch of Pisidia, Iconium, Lystra, and Derbe. Now, these were four churches that Paul actually founded during his first missionary journey to the Roman province of Galatia, and it's today in in modern Turkey, it's it's someplace near Syria, I would say. And as these were Gentiles, the audience, we should keep in mind that they were saved individually by faith without the background of a national salvation. So these were actually Gentiles, not Jews. So this means that when Paul speaks of works, he cannot be speaking of salvation, because when we look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, we see that, again, according to Paul, 
in his letter to the, uh, the church at Ephesus, that salvation is by grace through faith and not by works, lest any man should boast. So again, it seems like a contradiction, right? Here he's talking, Paul's talking about works, and he recommends works to the people, the church, the Gentile church at Galatia. So again, in summary, he must be speaking of qualification, or what we like to call salvation into the kingdom, different from salvation into heaven. And we'll touch upon that a little later too. Yeah, we also sometimes call it uh, the first salvation or salvation to heaven justification. So there's, there's a distinction between justification, the gift, and qualification, which is the prize. So moving on to C now, as for the context, it's uh, Paul's advice for how to handle when a brother or sister in Christ is caught sinning. In verse 1, Paul counsels his audience to restore him or her with a spirit of gentleness. He also warns them to be careful that they themselves aren't tempted as well. And he says, you know, stay humble. We see that in verse 3. Quote, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Now, the passage before our scripture reading is also all about works, building on what you were saying, Andy. In verse 2, we see bear one another's burdens. In verse 4, each one must examine his own work. And in verse 5, each one will bear his own load. So as mentioned earlier, that means that those with epinosis or higher knowledge about the kingdom should have their spiritual ears perk up because Paul is talking about qualifying for the kingdom. Yeah, exactly, Jordan. So again, the, the key words there in those verses, verse 2, 4, and 5, as you said, is there, there works. There, there's verbs there like the word bear, which shows that we have to carry something, have a burden upon us. We see examine. We see the word bear again, bearing the load. So, of course, it would be contradictory if we were to say that, you know, well, this is required for everlasting life, which is what John 3.16 talks about, that if you believe in his son, Jesus Christ. So there's something more here. And to your point, again, it's epinosis. It's a higher knowledge that Paul is consistently praying and, and trying to reveal this truth to the people at Galatia, to these saved individuals because he has something deeper, if you will, that he wants them to know. Yeah, so, so um, let, let's go into it now. Now we have the speaker audience in context. We're ready to attempt an explanation. Sure. Maybe I can break it down, and then you can comment on these verses, Andy. So I'll start with Galatians 6, 7, the first verse, which says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Yeah, so th- this is a, a beautiful verse here. Um, Believe it or not, I probably quote this verse more often than I, you, you know, I probably imagine myself doing it, but I do. And basically what God is saying here through Paul is when he's saying, you know, do not be deceived. First of all, he's saying, in, in a way, don't think that you could pull one over on God. Don't right. think that you can get away with murder is, you know, kind of what we say today. God is not mocked, meaning, you know, we can't, and I hate to say it this way, but we can't belittle God right? And we can't pull the wool over God's eyes. Because, you know, basically, you know, a a rule of in in a farmer's world is, you know, what you plant is what you're going to grow. So if you plant tomatoes, you know, you're not going to grow an apple tree. And if you plant cucumbers, you're not going to, you know, pull up, uh, you know, a pear tree. So these are kind of like a rule here that the people that were listening in Galatia could relate to, that what you plant you're going to get. So in life as Christians, God knows our motive. We can't trick God. 
Even though, you know, I might trick you, you might trick me into what our purpose or reason or motive is behind our actions or our thoughts or what we might say to each other. However, God is keeping the books. And, and that's part of what Paul's trying to say here is that, you know, in a way, hey, life is short. Eventually, we're going we're gonna to be, as Christians, we're all going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. And we're going to have to answer for our work. So, you know, make sure that your, your works are righteous and holy in line with God's word. Yeah, and I think, you know, the Bible functions on multiple levels. So this particular verse has become a common expression, you reap what you sow. It's it's a wise saying. Yes. And and people when people say that though, they often think of it in, in terms of in this life. It's sort of like a karma verse. Right, right, exactly. But it's it's important to and, and of course the Bible can function on multiple levels. It, it's you know, that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit working right. in the world. But we also have to understand that, you know, literally the topic that Paul was on here is not necessarily in this life, he, again, he's talking about the kingdom. So, you know, there is that um, there is that constant refrain in the Bible about you know maybe God's justice feels delayed or people are getting away with murder, as you said, and and maybe inside the church then and um, and definitely now there are jealousies or this concern that you know this guy's getting away with something. And Paul is saying, you know, God's not deceived. God, God sees everything. Yep. So you, you can't fool God. So, and, and just recognize that his justice comes later sometimes. And really what we're talking about here is, you know, there's going to be an accounting on Judgment Day and all this stuff is going to come out. So you pay attention to that yourself and also, you know, don't, don't be worried. You know, no one's pulling the wool over God's eyes. Yeah, a just recompense of reward. Exactly. Okay, so Galatians 6, 8 says, For the one who sows to his own flesh... Keywords, uh, will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. We, we've seen this dichotomy before of flesh and spirit. Maybe you could talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, sure. So actually earlier in context in Galatians chapter four, chapter five, Paul speaks to them a little bit about the difference between the flesh and the spirit in, a, in, a, in an individual Christian, that we have two natures. And those natures are constantly vying against each other. And it's the Christian that has a spirit-dominant life where Jesus is actually sitting on the throne of their, their lives and the flesh is pushed to the side. On our journey in this Christian life, can we kill the flesh permanently? No, right. because we have, you know, it's kind of what the symbolism, and it's mentioned in Galatians again, the Jacob and Esau complex, the twins that you know Isaac had he had those twins and we have those two natures inside of us and it's part of God's plan I guess it's just God has a reason for it he wants to I guess separate the wheat from the chaff and see how we handle things and so you know according to this verse here in context you know it was only a couple of chapters earlier Paul is specifically saying here that hey look if you're going to constantly do things to build up your own flesh it's it's not going to reap anything to your benefit in the afterlife you know, eventually those things might actually cause corruption for us. Meaning, you know, let's say, okay, I, uh, I really enjoy um, eating. I really enjoy going out. I really enjoy, you know, going to different restaurants and, and, and I'm too tired after work to exercise. And, you know, to our flesh, it, it might sound like, you know, it's okay. It's, I'm, I'm a glutton. It's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. However, Maybe in heaven, there's a good possibility that at the judgment seat of Christ, God is going to see that, you know, we really let ourselves go. 
And um, yeah, he's going to take an account for everything. Yeah, Where, sorry, I, I wanted to go back to the Jacob and Esau thing because sure, you, sure. you hit it really quick. But I, I think it's an important, you know, for the listeners to understand. So, so what does Esau represent and why in that analogy? And what does Jacob represent based on what he did? Yeah, so, all right, so very good. Um, Jacob and Esau were twins. Um, Jacob, who eventually became... Israel. Mm -hmm. Jacob was the son that cared about and was concerned about the inheritance. Right. And Esau was the son that was more interested in the flesh. So they're teenagers. There's a scene where they're teenagers and they're probably home alone. And Esau's after the day hunting, you know, try to bring food home, make his dad proud. Jacob's home, hanging out, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, reading a book or something, whatever, you know, you have to kind of fill in the blank. But he comes home and he was cooking some stew. So Esau coming in for the day famished, didn't eat anything all day. Obviously, probably didn't do well that day. Tired, thirsty, hungry, and says, Jacob, give me some of your stew. I'm going to pass out. I'm famished. Jacob's like, uh-uh, I ain't giving you this. You know, I, I cooked all day. I've been, you know, using the crock pot and simmering this for hours. And Esau's like, you better give that to me or I'm going to take you outside. You know. Anyway, long story short, Jacob says, I'll tell you what, I'll give you my pot of stew. I will allow you to feed your flesh right. if you promise to give me your inheritance. Since you were born a minute before me, right. and you're the firstborn, and I know that you're going to get a double portion blessing when our father dies, give that to me, and I'll give you this. So the analogy for us today is that there's many temptations where they might not seem like a big deal, but in the long run, they will become a big deal. Like Paul said here in Galatians 6, 8, it could reap corruption if we're constantly looking to build things into the flesh. Whereas if we're looking more to edify and build up our spiritual man, that we will reap eternal life. And that word eternal in the Greek is actually age life. So the, the context here is that Paul's trying to show them and teach them that if you focus on building your spiritual man, that you will receive the reward in order to enter the kingdom age, the thousand year age where Jesus gets to rule and reign on the earth. Yeah, that's a key point because Galatians 6, 8 can easily be read and is often read incorrectly as saying that, you know, if you sow to your flesh, if you drink smoke or glutton, all the things you mentioned, cheat on your wife, you know, do fleshly things, right. corruption means hell, loss of salvation. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life, which is the phrase eternal life is read as salvation into heaven. And as we can see that even in the context portion, that's not the setup here. And it often comes down to a misunderstanding of the phrase you mentioned, eternal life, because when you dig into the Greek of that word, the word eternal is actually age or eon, lasting life. So it's again talking about the kingdom, not talking about heaven. So don't take this verse or let other false teachers lead you astray to believe that this verse teaches you can lose your salvation if you're too fleshly. We, of course, can lose our salvation because that was a gift, right? There's Correct. no works involved. But this is talking about going to that next level of qualification. Okay, so jumping over to Romans 8.28, um, which was read at the beginning, I uh, just wanted to get into that a little bit. That says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. That's the NASB. Also, uh, I wanted to read the, the King James Version because it's, it's a little bit, um, I think, better in terms of expressing the thought. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. And many people have memorized that phrase, which is why I read it. 
So, um, you know, what, what is that trying to say to us, Andy? Yeah, so I would say in that specific verse, probably the, one of the most important keys to remembering that verse and understanding that verse is that the word all. All means not only good things, but bad things. So yes, God allows difficult times, difficult situations, bad things to happen because in the end, it's all for our own good, especially to those who love God. So if you're on a path and you, and you say to yourself, you know, I've, I'm, I'm obedient to the word of God. I do the best I can. I confess my sins daily. I attend church or try to attend church. I avoid sin. I don't feed my flesh. I try to edify my spirit. I try to love the Lord with all my heart and love others as myself. But yet I feel like I'm constantly getting attacked and I'm, constant things are happening to me and those around me. How is that possible? Why is that? And, and this verse is kind of an all-encompassing verse because of the word all in there. So again, reading it this way, now with that mindset that God, we know that all things, good or bad, work together for our own good, especially to them that love God, to them that love the Lord. So it's just something, a word of encouragement. It's, it's again, to your point earlier, sometimes people misconstrue or misunderstand the purpose or, or of a specific verse and then eventually can create entire doctrines from that. So right. what we're trying to do is, you know, in context here is, is, you know, the top, the theme today is the victory and that God has timing for it. So here we understand that, you know what, we might lose the battle, you know, on anything on earth. You know, it could be a battle with cancer. It could be a battle with, you know, a financial issue. It could be a family problem, but God has a, a specific plan. He's all knowing and he, he can see the future, which we don't. We just have to trust him and know that even if it's not in this age, but in the age to come, these are key elements that were required for us to go through so we could eventually end up in the millennial kingdom. Yeah, and I think the two words that jump out at me are at the end of that verse, which is his purpose. There's always that sovereignty of God his uh, premise underlying it. So his purposes aren't always visible to us and may involve bad things, as you mentioned but they all work together toward good. And the word good, by the way, is just a derivation of the word God. So it, it's really like a circular argument. They all work together towards what God wants, towards God's plan. Amen. Okay, Jordan, so let's look at some of the takeaways from today's lesson and the scriptures that we talked of. A couple things here. Point number one, no matter what situations we go through, remember that God will be there on time for all of our victories. Also, Despite the setbacks, the holdups, the waiting periods or seasons of perceived stagnations, if you will, just trust that God is working everything out for our good and that he has positioned us for greatness for his divine purpose and plan. Yeah, and what we saw today in the verses is that one of the many promises that God has given us in his word is that he will not be mocked. We'll reap what we sow, which means be sure to remember that as we live our lives for Jesus Christ, we keep walking obediently in his will, his words, his way. Right. And as we pursue a God-honoring life, we will experience naysaying, ridiculers, people are going to mock us, who doubt, let's say, God's promises for us. And they might even laugh because we prefer, we elect to actively trust God in all of our challenges, all the challenging times in life that we go through. And we always refuse to operate apart from God's glorious plan in our life. So yeah, they'll make fun of us and they'll mock us and that's okay. Yeah, God won't allow these people to have the last laugh when they attempt to mock our obedience and following his will and his word and his way again. So they won't be laughing too long because God will come through on time in our victory and our vindicating and protecting refuge will show himself to be strong in our life. 
Yeah, our timely victory is sure to be accompanied with a table prepared for us in the presence of our enemies, lacking no good thing. And I know you guys have probably heard that verse before. So be encouraged today that although things aren't going the way you desire, our divine designer has stitched a custom, exclusive, one-of-a-kind masterpiece, and he wrote up a master plan for our lives. So when others see your favored spiritual coat of many colors, then they will know that was from the Lord. Yeah, so when things appear to not be moving along or be moving forward, we need to trust that God is coming through for us, for you, the listener, in a timely victory. You know, when your dreams seem like they won't come to pass, you need to trust God's word and believe that God is coming through for you in a timely victory. When situations cause you to feel defeated, hold on to your faith in God's promised word and trust that his word will not return to him void. Yes, the Lord is coming through on time. God is on time because he is the author of time, and he will come through for us every single time. So no matter what, do not forfeit your promised divine sure blessings, for the allured lies, the tricks of Satan. Always ask God for wisdom, for discernment, and peace as we wait for him to come through for us in our timely victories. Amen, Andy. Well, that's our lesson, which means we have just a few minutes left to tell you how to get more 20-minute Bible studies. Some of you are listening to this on Sirius XM channel 131, also known as Family Talk. We're on every week on Sundays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern or 5.30 p.m. Pacific. And some of you are listening to this as a podcast. We're on iTunes for Apple users, Google Play for Android users, and also SoundCloud, Stitcher, Acast, and TuneIn. So subscribe to our podcast in one of these places and you'll get new lessons automatically delivered to your favorite smart device. Of course, you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We post a link every time we publish a new lesson. And those places are also a great way for you to ask questions and give us feedback. Just search for at M-O-T-K-O-R-G. And last but not least, you can visit our website and sign up for email alerts about new lessons. New subscribers also get a link to a special series that we called 10 Mind-Blowing Things You Did Not Know Were in the Bible. It's an eye-opening set of Bible lessons that's only available when you join our email list. So just go to 20mbs.org. That's the number 20, and then the letters mbs followed by .org. Finally, we'd like to take some time to tell you about one of our favorite online resources. Do you have a question about God, Jesus, the Bible, or theology in general? Do you need help understanding a Bible verse or a passage? Maybe there are spiritual issues in your life for which you need advice or counsel. In other words, got questions? Well, the Bible has all the answers, and the website gotquestions.org can help you find them. It's a comprehensive and thorough source of scripture-supported answers to your most challenging questions. So take our advice and give it a try the next time you have a question. Just go to gotquestions.org. That's gotquestions.org. We have just a few minutes to explain our initiative, Get 20, Give 20. Get 20 is our reminder that you can get a 20-minute Bible study anytime you like by visiting our website. We archive all lessons and make them available for free at 20minutebiblestudies.org. You can listen online or download them for later or even subscribe to the podcast version and have new lessons automatically delivered to your favorite smart device. Even more important, our website is the place where you can join in our Bible studies by sharing your comments and asking any questions you may have. 
And we have a growing Facebook community and a discussion forum. When you're on our site, you should also sign up for email alerts so we can let you know when new lessons have been added. It's all online at 20minutebiblestudies.org. Or if you don't want to type so much, 20mbs.org will get you there faster. Thanks for joining us for another 20-minute Bible study. Special thanks to the family of Pastor Gary T. Whipple, to the Abundant Life Worship Center for the music for our show, and to Tom Pine for our scripture reading. I'm Steve Zioli, and until next time, may the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Mysteries of the Kingdom Incorporated.